is the Baruch Lurie Podcast. Welcome. We are Lurie and Associates, and uh, we do real estate and business litigation. That's our thing, and we like it. We like to strategize, and we like to focus on the big picture, of course, but we also have to pay attention to the details. And details, my friends, is what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, there are so many... Okay, I want to talk about the, the big picture here, and that is ISIS. ISIS, it's a topical thing that we're, we're going to be talking about today, but I want to show you the big pattern involved here. ISIS is, of course, that monstrous entity that is growing and growing and gobbling up land uh, like Pac-Man, right? I mean, this, this is how bad it is. And they just seem to be controlling the shots and exploiting not only our unwillingness to engage not only our lack of resolve to get in the fight, and that's putting it mildly, by the way, but also exploiting the ethnic tensions among the region's uh, powers. Uh, so this tribe uh, hates that tribe, and this, this nation hates, hates the Kurds and such like that. And everyone seems to, the ISIS folks are, whether they're planning it or not, um, they, they're just stumbling into the Keystone Cop situation. It's almost like... Um, the um, uh, Mr. Magoo. Do you remember Mr. Magoo, the, the cartoon? And not in a good way, Mr. Magoo, uh, but in nothing he seems to do wherever he walks, as blind as he is, he never seems to get hurt, right? He, he goes to a construction site and all these girders are going past him and, and he always seems to walk right onto the, the, the appropriate next girder right away and he never gets hit by any other girder. And everyone else who is trying to help him or for that matter, get in his way, they get hurt. And, and that's the kind of way uh, that ISIS is. I, I can't think they could have planned everything on this. They couldn't have said, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna now attack and uh, the president will be so fickle that he will insist and actually say on national TV that they have no plans and they, make no mistake, we will not have any boots on the ground. Um, and then they'll have this tension in the city called Kobani, which is right in the border with Turkey and Syria, and that Turkey will not only not want to help uh, the Kurds, but will actually fight the Kurds at the same time. So they, they couldn't have planned all that, right? But uh, history often is a, the result of circumstances. You know, it just happens to be a bunch of stuff all happening at the same time, and it seems like ISIS just keeps on getting its way. And worse than that, every time they do have a success, it has the emboldening effect of increasing their numbers. More and more recruits come to the, to the situation. So, uh, you know, I'm very worried about this. I know, Ari, you're very worried about it too. Um, and the problem is we're worried about it in, the, in a way like, it's, it's not a perfect analogy because I, I'm gonna say a hurricane, but this is a hurricane that keeps on going and keeps on growing at the same time. Uh, at least with a hurricane, you can say there's going to be an end. All hurricanes end, 
right? The track it only goes one place. That's right. You you can more or less figure out where it's going to go. There's, you can you can do some computer models and you know what the the, the, the power of the hurricane is and such, and it's going to go. It's either going to go over you or but but it doesn't matter. The hurricane will stop. ISIS, who knows? There's nothing stopping it. That's the point. And there's there's. It's not as if you can be in a town and say, well, I hope ISIS just kind of bypasses me, right? And that would be nice, but it won't mean anything because ISIS is coming back for you once it gains more power. So we have a fickle, fickle administration that, as uh, in the words of Brett Stevens, uh, reflects a um, self-infatuated weakling. What a great line. What a great description because... Whether he is or he isn't, that's the way the world perceives him. Got it? Good. Because perception, as they say, is everything. And the perception that we're giving off is that we will do nothing, and we have done nothing. And then th that perception in turn leads to success for ISIS, and that in turn leads to recruiting more and more crazies throughout the, uh, throughout the world. We've talked, we've talked a lot about ISIS in the past, and I fear that we will continue to do so. So, uh, and, but the reason why is this is a monumental moment in history because we are making it a monumental moment in history. Just like Hitler was made into a monumental moment in history because uh, we let him become a monumental moment in history. He was otherwise a small thug uh, who had very few followers, who were all crazy, and uh, they, dis they, they dismissed him. And then after a while, they embraced him, uh, just overnight, it seemed. That's the way it was, and we could have squashed him. But ISIS, uh, I don't know if there's any stopping them now. I'm, I'm, uh, there's a news report now that, that shows that suddenly we are very interested in the town of Kobani, which is that border town I just mentioned between Syria and Turkey. Uh, previously, we said the Kobani was not meaningful. It was a non-strategic town. Suddenly, it's strategic. Why? Because the Obama administration has been told that from a psychological point of view, it means everything to ISIS and also its potential recruits. Okay, so you have to deal with that. And now, all of a sudden, we're hustling in there trying to help Kobani. And we're doing overnight raids because we're worried about whether they have anti-aircraft tanks, uh, um, uh, guns rather. And so we don't, we, we don't even have the appropriate information about the bad guys. And they're just growing and growing. I mean, I, I, it's so random, this thing. And that's what I want to talk about, randomness and chaos. Because when you respond and react like the Obama administration is responding and reacting to everything else it has, whether that's the IRS scandal, Fast and Furious, the Veterans Administration issue, the Ebola scare, the Bergdahl uh, release, and so many other things that we've seen come and go. They're always reacting. That's their, that's their raison d'etre. Uh, well, actually, you know what? It's not their raison d'etre. It's not as if they have a plan to react. They just, they just think that things won't come up. They just don't happen, and, and then they happen anyway. And they have no game plan for this. It's as if they, they never bother to see more than one foot ahead of them, of themselves, right? I mean, there are such people in life, right? They, they literally walk the sidewalk, 
and they only see one or two feet ahead of them, which means they're not seeing what's 15 feet ahead of them. And if you're only looking 15 ahead of you, you're not seeing what's 50 feet ahead of you or half a mile ahead of you. And it's not that hard. All you need to do is tilt your head up slightly and you'll see what's coming up. Maybe you can avoid that car accident, right? But this administration is, is truly looking one foot ahead of them. Why? Because they have no interest in looking beyond one foot. To them, uh, they, they, they have proceeded in a world of randomness. They, they, the way they handled the Iraq situation was, uh, reflected a chaotic worldview. Okay? Remember this. They embrace a chaotic worldview. You must believe that if you think that you can pull America away from the rest of the world and that nothing will happen because we know that chaos will happen. So either you, you want the chaos to, ha to happen or you think that nothing needs structure. Either way, you're going to get chaos. So either you create the structure or you get chaos. You can't decide not to do anything and not expect chaos as a result. That's what we're getting now. Chaotic, a world of chaos. Um, now, that's what happened with the, the pullout of Iraq. And then, of course, they won't, they won't take responsibility for the chaos that's followed, right? But there it is. And likewise with the Ebola virus. They, don't, they didn't want to do anything with it. They kind of grappled with it slightly and uh, now we have chaos in that. Thankfully, the Ebola virus is nowhere near the contagious virus that the media wants to portray it as, but there you have it. And uh, same thing with Crimea, Ukraine, uh, same thing with Hong Kong, same thing with what's going to happen in Taiwan in the near future. Yes, that's right. I'm saying that in the future, you can expect a major push toward Taiwan. Whether that's an actual military effort, I don't know. Whether that's going to be a slow... Um, burn into squeezing Taiwan? I don't know either. Probably the latter and then the, and then the former. Okay? Chaos is the theme of the day. This is what the liberals, the, this, at least this liberal administration wants to do. And I think this is what many liberals, not all, but many liberals believe in. Now, let me prove it to you. And uh, there are, there's chaos in gay marriage, right? What do you mean, Mr. Lurie? What are you talking about? The, the marriage debate is a debate about chaos. It's about opening up the doors to letting anything happen. Now, you'll say, come on, Mr. Lurie, we're just talking about gays being allowed to marry, and, and they should have their rights and respect their rights. It's constitutional and such. Well, first of all, it's not constitutional. But... Even if you were to call it constitutional, it's still chaos because you're opening up the doors and, and questioning the very idea of what is marriage. And then, of course, you're opening up the doors to all the other permutations that will eventually arise with marriage. And yes, and I mean incest. I mean marrying your horse. I mean marrying multiple people. We talked about this before about how it's not going to be a question of uh, people wanting to pass a law so that they can marry their horse or their dog. It won't be like that, folks. 
Maybe eventually it'll be like that. But for the time being, here's what's going to happen. A man's going to marry his horse, his dog, his cat, and no one's going to say you can't do that. Okay? The, the DA is just not going to be interested in that. He's going he's to say correctly, who does that hurt? Why, why do I need to go after this man for marrying a cat? What do I care? He's crazy. What do I care? Are you going to put this, put this man behind bars because he, uh, he married a cat? And likewise, uh, you know, two siblings having a little frisky fun who are, uh, you know, of age. They're 25 and 27, let's say. And uh, the DA gets wind of this. They're living. They're cohabitating. And they're probably having a sexual relationship. And you think the DA is going to care about that? Right? How many, how many people are you now going to see in prison? And then they ask him, what are you in here for? And he says, a Robert Bank. The other one, you? <coughs> I uh, embezzled some money from my, my firm. You? I uh, had a uh, relationship with my sister. <laughs> okay. It's not going to happen. The, the, the jails are way overcrowded, first of all. And nobody cares. They can rightfully say, as those two gay guys did in the porn industry that we talked about last podcast, they can rightfully say it's a taboo. The gay brothers. You know. Yes, the gay brothers, right, in the porn industry. What, they can rightfully say this is just a taboo and you're being silly. But it's not. I mean, there's a policy reason. But I, I even spoke to a, a, a very erudite uh, clergyman recently. Okay, somebody who actually knew stuff. And I said, we were talking about it. He was very favorable to, to our podcast and such, and he, he liked what we had to say, and he, write my, he, he likes my blogs. And uh, so we're on the same page. He's conservative. He, he embraces God, obviously. He's, he's a clergyman. I don't want to say whether he's a rabbi or a priest or a pastor or whatever. And I said to him about this incest thing, and, that, and he nodded his head, yes, it's crazy. And that people were saying that it's just a taboo. And I, and I said to, to him, and that, that, that people forget the most obvious reason why we don't like incest. And this clergyman, his face was blank. He himself didn't know. I could tell. I, just, I can read people very well. He didn't know why incest is illegal. No idea. And I explained it to him. It's because it, it will destroy the very fabric of family. Family is the bedrock of civilization. Because if you, have in, if you allow incest, you're basically creating suspicion and terror within a family. Right? I mean, an older brother with a younger sister, father with a daughter, father with a son. You know, what, you know what paranoia that creates in a family? That you can't have a family like that. It's, like a, it's just like saying you can't have a, a relationship without, without trust, right? There's no marriage if, if uh, one spouse is constantly cheating on another. You can't say that's a, a good marriage. It's a trust thing. And he, he like looked at me and he seemed to be happy that I explained this to him. Because now he, now he had a, a stronger argument, you understand. But I was shocked that he didn't know it. Anyway, it's not about this, this clergyman. I'm very, I, I like him. He's a really good man. But it was clear that he didn't know. 
And um, this is why we don't allow incest. But, you know, polygamy will be the same way. They'll, they'll um, now I'm going back to the non-enforcement issue. They'll, they'll continue, they'll, you know, two people get married and then they'll say, hey, why don't you c come join our marriage? And they're just not going to enforce it. There's just not enough impetus. There's not enough will among the public to enforce this. And there's, there, are, there are going to be too many people saying, I, 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 saying the taboo argument. Why, why is this hurting your marriage? Why can't you let the three of us be married? Just three. What's wrong with that? Hmm? What's, what's wrong? And it could be two girls and a guy and, or two guys and a girl. Three guys. You know? Nobody's abusing anybody else. What's the taboo there? So that's what, it's going to be a slow burn. It'll be eventually this, this kind of culture of what does it matter? What does it matter? It opens the question. What's the big deal? But, of course, they only learn things as they go along, right? They only, as, as Tom Wolfe called it, he called it the great relearning, right? Noni Darwish, who was on your show, and by the way, I want to give a shout-out to Ari David's uh, podcast as well. He did a spectacular interview Ari, that was just great with Noni Darwish. Uh, I learned so much from it, and I, I really commend you to it. Uh, check out Ari David's uh, podcast at the, the Ari David Show, right? And they can just go to iTunes or SoundCloud and uh, just search for that, and you'll it, check out that one. Uh, I really like it a lot. Anyway, uh, Noni Darwish talked a lot about the uh, paranoia that the world of polygamy gives. When, so when you think about polygamy... Uh, you think about, and this is in her book too, you think about, uh, you know, your mind immediately races to some guy in Utah and, you know, he's got 15 wives and he's kind of controlling them all and they're all young, right? Okay, you're nodding your head, that's good. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, in, in the Islamic world, it, think, think about the natural consequences of this. You're allowed f up to four wives, or as many as you can afford. As many as you can afford, right. You're expected to have four wives and, and then to have more if you can afford more. And <laughs> think about it from the wives' perspective, right? So first you get married. And, you know, it's up to four, right? That's the idea. So you're married as a woman and, and you get this husband, but you're always wondering, is he going to marry somebody else also? Or when will he marry? When will he marry? Yeah, if and when he will and marry somebody will else. He marry somebody else. Uh, so, is it going to be my friend? Or? There you go. I was going to go right there. A, a pretty woman walks by the street, and he talks to her, and, and she has to say, is this going to be the next wife? And then, okay, sure enough, he marries that woman. And now he, she wonders, am I the favorite? Is she the favorite? And if, she has, if he has children with her, this, this, this Janie come lately, as it were, is he going to favor those children? And uh, what about the children of the first wife? Are, is, are, are they going to be ousted? What, it's just a terrible world of paranoia that you create, in addition to all the other abuses that you can imagine. That's what it, but Tom Wolfe talks about the great relearning. It's, it's only when the actual consequences hit, that's when we say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's why we shower. <laughs> or, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, ISIS is flourishing. That's why we should have stayed in Iraq. Right, I was just, yeah, exactly right. Uh, you know, always the oh, yeah, oh, yeah thing. Uh, oh, yeah, that's why we don't have minimum wage. Oh, yeah, that's why we don't want to tax people into oblivion. 
That's why. Oh, yeah, that's why affirmative action is probably not a good idea and actually encourages racism. Oh, yeah, all, all the oh, yeahs out there, and, and they just have to constantly relearn this stuff. You know, there's a funny expression I heard recently. I know it's an expression. It's not my expression, but it, it goes like something like this. Each generation thinks it's the first to invent sex, right? Uh, or, for that matter, discover it. And it's, it's a funny phrase, and it's very true, right? They all think that they're the ones saying, hey, let's do this. Let's show a little boob, show a little such and such. You know, isn't that funny? Isn't that racy? Isn't that on the edge? Right? You, you think that the previous generation wasn't saying exactly the same thing when they were in their teens and 20s? Really? How naive do you think we are? Or the generation before that? I mean, it's just, you know, the, the, and now it's two generations almost uh, from the 60s. Two. If you were in your 20s and 30s during the 60s, you're, you're an old man. You're, you're a grandpa. So there's, that's two generations ago. You think that they weren't discovering sex back then, my friends? But it's not just sex. It's, it's, they, they think they're the first to discover everything. They come up with the idea of uh, minimum wage. Hey, there should be a minimum wage. Isn't that great? A living wage, they say. As if that's the first time that's been broached. We should have people pay their fair share in taxes. As if that's the first time people contemplated the notion of a fair share. Right? They may have phrased it differently, but it's really the same thing. And the world's policemen, it's the first, as if it's the first time people say we should withdraw from the world. It's all, it's, it's, they're all just inventing it for the first time in their heads. And they all have to discover the consequences of all their great ideas for the first time. As if all of the decadent things that you see in certain districts of any major city in America weren't invented in Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, beautifully said. Piercings, tattoos. Oh, well, we're the first people to pierce. Really? Have you seen Aborigines? Have you seen... Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love that example. I love it. They, they think they're so edgy by having a lot of tattoos, that they're so unique, and this is, this is great somehow. You, you know, it's not hard to get a tattoo, folks. It's not hard at all, especially these days. And, but, but don't you realize that there's a, you, were in the, you were the exception when you didn't have a tattoo. You were saying to the world, we are not like those primitive people. We are civilized. That's what you're saying by not having a tattoo. The, 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 these, the primitive people have tattoos. You right. want it? It's so amazing to me that so many of the people who think they're so modern, so evolved, so advanced, we know what these people are, we've encountered them, have done nothing but adopt primitive markings and ritual and called it new and advanced, new and improved. Right. It's, it's such an amazing irony. Right. But it, it all uh, feeds into the, to the chaos, right? Yes. Because in order to embrace, let's say, random sex or random uh, tattooing and, and things like that, you have to uh, embrace chaos. Because if you, if you understood what the consequences were, you would say, wow, that's chaotic. There would be a lot of diseases involved, right? Just as an example, there would be um, a lot of uh, broken families. It just doesn't work that way. 
girls think one way about it. Boys think another way about it. There, there, there are reasons why things have panned out the way they have. Instead of saying, as they always do, don't be such a prude, ask, you should ask yourself, why are things structured the way they are? Maybe there's a reason for it. And, but we have to do the great relearning, as Tom Wolfe says. But it's all chaos. They love the chaos. And that's all they're, they're, they're doing when they, when they talk about change, as if they're on the cutting edge. You've heard this expression, the cutting edge, right? And they usually say it for, for entertainment and such, movies, TV especially. It's so edgy. But what does edgy mean? Usually it means they swear a lot. You know, maybe they show a little bit more violence. Maybe they show a little bit more nudity. That's edgy. All they're doing is just simply, you know, throwing, uh, you know, it's like, it's like me taking my, my legal papers in, in a court and just throwing it up in the air and saying, I'm edgy. <laughs> it, it means it, you're just creating disorder, chaos. It's, it's, there's no structure there. There's a reason why we don't show that kind of stuff on TV. There's a reason why we, we, we hold back on our language. There's, because we're civilized. Civilization is good. We've decided civilization's good. But their idea is that you can create chaos and still have the civilization. They want the best of, you know, it's, it's like Dennis Prager says so often. He says, you know, it, the test is whether or not, if everyone else does it, that, that would be a bad thing. That's, that, that's a helpful way to determine whether or not you should do it, right? So jaywalking, for example. If everyone does it all the time, it, it would create chaos on the yeah, streets. Dennis always brings up, I think, a great example, public urination. Yeah. Is everyone goes, well, what's the harm if just one do it? Well, there is no harm with one. But if all 12 million people do it at once, right. you got a problem. It's, it's got a problem. It's going to be ugly. And, and, but they don't think that way. They, they, wouldn't, they don't think as a society. They think only about themselves. And that is chaotic thinking. You know, even the way they view the entire way the solar system and, for that matter, the universe and mankind itself came to being is chaotic, by definition. What's that you say, Barack? Uh, you know, how can you possibly say that, Barack? We, we don't believe that. Yeah, you do. You believe in evolution, don't you? You just think that everything became so structured, so chaotically. It came from randomness, and through a series of chaotic, uh, just total coincidences, you know, a sun, uh, that is in the perfect position in this galaxy, uh, that is perfectly far away from our Earth, which in turn is, is almost in a perfectly circular orbit, uh, that is circling itself uh, not too fast, not too slow, <laughs> and it has an axis that is just right so that we can have summers and winters, and has just enough oxygen and not, not too much methane. You get the idea. All that happened through chaos. The, do you see how preposterous this is? You, my, my good atheist friend, my, my, my friend who loves destroying the structures of society, you believe in the, that the very way we came to being is through chaos. But I ask you, how, how is it possible that from all this chaos came the structure that you now love and depend upon? But they don't, they don't see it that way. Ari, I think your point is, is a good one, which is like the public urination thing. They see it like, oh, I, I, I love all the benefits of the structure, 
but I, I, I don't want for a moment to, to actually live by its burdens. A better way to say it is I want all the luxuries in the world and I don't want to pay for any of them. Right. Basically. Yeah. Uh, or, or in this for, case, it's a, uh, it's a moral and a uh, faith-based payment. Right. Or, I, don't or, want to have, I don't want to have to, the burden of believing in a creator. I just want to believe this is all here by accident. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's true. But, but because chaos is, is so much easier than structure. See, I, I, I truly believe in structure. The, and, and if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. And it doesn't matter if you're liberal or conservative. You should understand you must live a very dichotomous and uh, a life full of cognitive dissonance because on the one hand, you, you say to the whole world, hey, let it fly, baby. <laughs> and on the other hand, with your kids and even with yourself, you hold back, don't you? You don't let them watch TV 24 hours a day. Or run chaotically into the street or onto a right. freeway. Or eat whatever candy they want all the time. Uh, or say whatever they want to say all the time. You don't, you don't do that. And, and, and by the way, you also don't imbibe alcohol constantly. I mean, if you're somewhat of a responsible citizen, you don't do drugs all the time. You, uh, you go to work. You, you understand you have to make money. You understand you have to be, you know, to shower and to, to not have bad breath and, and to comb your hair from time to time and shave and look decent. You understand these things. And yet, you, you have this completely upside down view of the way things should be. You, 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 you want to live a, cha a world of chaos. Sorry, you, you want to enjoy the benefits of chaos, but you also. You don't sorry, want to sorry. Pay the price for it. Yeah, you don't want to pay the price. You, you, you want chaos and you want structure at the same time. How about that? You want it both ways. Right. You, you, want, you want to benefit from structure. For example, you want to make sure that nobody molests you on the street because, you know. That's law. That's structure, isn't it? And at the same time, you want to be able to, you know, imbibe and take drugs and do whatever you want. Yeah, better. Whenever, whenever you want it. But not get mugged. That's right. Raped. Right. It's, 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 it's kind of like that funny thing that we just heard recently from, from uh, the CDC head who said about Ebola. He said, you can go on an airplane. <clears throat> Don't worry. You can only give Ebola, but you can't get it. Okay. <laughs> That's the kind of crazy logic that makes no sense. That's like saying, this elevator only goes up. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> it's like, no, no, my friend. Elevators have to go up and they have to go down. You can't, you can't, you can't give Ebola and not... By, by implication, it means that somebody else is getting it. Yeah. What, what's, what nonsense yeah, is this? Yeah, any of those, you apply that logic to anything. This plane only takes off, it doesn't land. This car only leaves a parking space, it never parks. That's right. This elevator only goes up. Or this, this human only inhales, never exhales, yes. right? I mean, it, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's quite it's silly, right? By definition, it's idiotic. Yeah, but this is the way they live their lives. In, in terms of the benefits, they want it both ways. Well, no, no, they don't live their lives that way. Um, Evan Sand always says we want them to preach what they practice. This is what they preach. Right. But they can't, no one can live their lives by that kind of critical theory, chaotic constraint, because life does not work that way. Right. Well, take, for example, the classic um, liberal way of thinking where they uh, are uh, bohemian lifestyle, right, in New York City, and they're writing a great screenplay. It's going to be awesome. And it's about uh, some sort of eco-friendly topic, right? Whatever you want. You just imagine, you know, that, that, and they have the appropriate tattoos and the nose ring and the long hair, right? 
and they're, they're drinking the appropriate organic coffee, <laughs> okay? Now, I don't even know where to begin with this. <laughs> so they, they, they want the screenplay, right? They're writing the screenplay. But what, what if someone says, hey, love the screenplay, thanks. And that person takes off with that screenplay and he manipulates it and he takes credit for it. The guy will say, hey, that was my screenplay. Yeah, I registered that the writer's guild. I've, I've yeah. had my entertainment. But here's the world that, this is the world that you want, my friend. There's no structure. You, you, you always make fun of the man, but the man is the one that protects your rights to keep, make all the profits from your intellectual property. But, but, but it should be an exception. What? Only some structure when it helps you? Well, what completes but, 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 but everything else should be, should be non-structured. These same people, that, that, that yuppie or whatever you want to call them, the X, X generation, the Y generation, I, I don't know what generation we're up to now, but that same guy will say that we should pass a law allowing all homeless people to sit wherever they want to at Starbucks at the same coffee house as long as it's not right next to them, right? Well, well that's what I was about to say. See, the, 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 you just hit on the biggest point of all, which is the separation between elitism and everyone else. They fight like hell to be an elite. Then they fight like hell to kick the ladder out so no one else can be elite. And then they create this ordered, beautiful life for the elites. At the same time, they insist all non-elites live in absolute chaos. That's right. Understand? So that's why they practice the order of elitism, but then preach the chaos for all non-elites. Yeah, they, they love the chaos. They, oh, you just have a coffee house. Of course you have to accept the homeless in there to wreck your business. But I, I'm not going to go there anymore, but you have to do that. It right. only be right. Right. Well, and... But of course I'm not going to let any homeless people anywhere near my gated estate. Right. And allow me now to respond to our commentary, because we like to be intellectually honest. And they'll say, what are you talking about, Barack and Ari? We, you know, we love... You know, I mean, you even say how much we dislike, how you and I dislike regulations, right? You're, if anything, bemoaning all the regulations that we do want. We want structure. We want uh, structure up the wazoo. In fact, you're the ones who want the free market and you want, you know, everything to go uh, by, by itself. No, 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 my friends. You've got it all wrong. You see, our structure is a different kind of structure. It's a structure that focuses on God, and we say God is first, family is right there after that, and then all the relationships that, that flow after that as well, and that in everything, integrity. That is structure. It's a very good structure. But you can structure things by way of your regulations so much that it actually creates chaos. Right. Exactly. It's, it's like anything else in life. You, can, you know, they always told you that, that fascism, communism go round and round, and then each touches the other and such like that. I, I, we, you and I know that fascism and communism are really one and the same thing. But the point is that they're, they, they, you can go so far uh, uh, with anything that it becomes the opposite of what it's originally intended. It's a, that's not true for all things, for example. You know, some, you, you can't, hot water will always be hot, <laughs> and the more hot you make it, it will never become cold. I get that. But when you talk about so much regulation that it actually creates a world of chaos. Well, we also like something called... Economic the, chaos. The free market, right? Yeah. 
the free market. Market is a word by definition has a structure and an order to it. Right. A market is a place where buyers and sellers meet, either right. in physical or virtual space. Right. Free means as l less regulated as possible, and market or marketplace means this thing with an inherent structure. The same thing as the word marriage has to it. Marriage means a certain definable structure. Right. One man, one woman. Right. Not, not with shifting gender That identities. is so passe. <laughs> right. And by the way, I think, I think um, the one point you missed earlier when talking about the, the marriage evolution is I know the one thing they're going to We missed nothing on the Brucklery podcast. No, no, we didn't miss it. We missed nothing because one I'm about to hit at here. All right. I know exactly what the <laughs> Ericholder Justice Department will enforce vis-a-vis -vis marriage. Opposite sex heterosexual marriages will be banned as racist. I see. Right? <laughs> I see. Yes, I guess I did the, miss the that. The quadrad, the quadrad, <laughs> the animal, yeah. the non animal, the brothers, the sister. Fine, but you want one man, one woman. Well,. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's well, highly biased. He doesn't have to worry about that because uh, regular heterosexual marriage, uh, they don't want to get married anyway anymore. I mean, that's the funny. They, they all say that it's all just a piece of paper. You know, so, you know, having, this is just so uncanny. I mean, so yeah, it's it's, uncanny. Just, it's yeah. just uncanny. It's a mind. I mean, you know the, the, the far left say that they, <laughs> that, that uh, what is marriage anyway? It's just a piece of paper and uh, it is so anachronistic and such like that. And yet, and then they fight to the death and with tears in their eyes for the right for this meaningless institution. You understand? Right, destroy people's careers, excommunicate them from jobs in El Coyote, a bar, yeah, yeah. throw them out of browser companies. This is the greatest moment in our lives. To be able to do something that we've, we've said before many times is t utterly meaningless. Right. Uh, it's just incredible. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really an incredible thing, this, this turnabout of things. Um, but when we talk about chaos, chaos is the order of the day. We are seeing chaos. You can impose so many regulations that you ultimately create chaos. What do I mean by that? Look what's happening in California. There's chaos going on here. Uh, there's so many regulations. The tax burden is so enormous that people are just flocking out of here. Farmers can't get water for crops, for food, to feed people, while the same liberals complain about people starving. Right. It, well, but, but that's but I'm talking about the chaos part of it. Right. And so and so what happens is or as a result is illegal immigrants come here who uh, have to they they provide an easy way around the um, uh, minimum wage laws and the other regulatory compliance laws, um, and that is what you're going to get. So that's chaos also, right? And then then all sorts of you know different cultures, different languages. People don't understand each other, and uh, people don't know who's who's there and who's not there. That's a recipe for, for more crime. Uh, that's chaos. Yeah. Okay, so a, not all regulation leads to crime. That, that goes, you know, I, I don't want to sound too absurd about it, but my, my friends, you know, a highly structured society like that leads to too much. And the, the, the one thing that does help every society, in fact, it's necessary, not sufficient, but it's necessary, is a, a Judeo-Christian God in the center. That's necessary. Every society that doesn't have a Judeo-Christian God as a core principle, even in the subconscious, must fail. It always will fail. It's doomed to fail. Destined. Because, predetermined. Right. Predetermined because it leads to chaos. It will always be chaos because there's no way that you can enforce every rule. Just it's impossible. 
I mean, just just think about the smallest rules that you, you like, if you like. Okay, even on the rules of the road. Yeah, parking uh, laws, uh, driving laws, and for small things. Yeah. Low speed. Well, let me give an example. Okay, there's a new law that came out. I'm not I'm not talking about the propriety of it at all. But there's a new law that says that if you see a biker, you know, riding on your side of the street, you must give uh, at least three feet uh, berth to him. So you know, you you have to move away that way. Okay. But you're in a rural road now, let's say, in California somewhere. And, uh, you know, you don't believe in God. And, and, and that means, you know, basically whatever you can get away with, you can get away with. As long as you don't actually harm him. Not that you want to harm the biker, right? But, you know, well, frankly, frankly. No cop, no stop. No cop, no stop. You just go right through. Okay? And you uh, maybe even touch, you know, barely uh, grace, you know, uh, what do you call it? Skim uh, the guy. Okay, and he, you know, yells at you, and you yell at him, and you know he doesn't get your license plate number, and nor, nor would it matter anyway, and you race off. Okay, you can't enforce that law. You 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 have to have a cop literally following every single car in order to enforce that law, and we we don't have that. We don't have the money for that, nor do we want that kind of state, right? But that's the only way it works. So only God is there, the, the, and and if you do believe in God. And you, you believe in the reasonableness of that law. Well, first of all, you wouldn't need that law in the first place, right? Yeah, you, you have common sense. You would common sense. People on bikes or yeah. on foot. Yeah, and I'm a biker, I, I know, and, I, and I'm, a, I'm also a driver. So I understand both sides of the equation. And I would say, look, um, I'm just going to give him wide berth. Hey, how you doing? I'll give him a thumbs up maybe on the way as I pass him. That's, that's what I would do. Now, you, the atheist will call up and say, Come on, Barack. I, I would do the same thing. I'm a good guy. And by the way, I like biking too. I'm just like you. Ah, you know, talk to your grandson. If you, if you continue with the, your, uh, your same morals and you teach him that there is no God over and over again, guess what? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, your grandson's going to be a jerk. How about that? Chaos is what you're advocating. Chaos. And we started this, this podcast off with ISIS and its destruction and we'll end with ISIS and its destruction. Remember why ISIS exists in the first place. It is the result of chaos. ISIS itself is chaos. That's what chaos looks like, okay? You leave Iraq without a single man standing, you get ISIS. ISIS is like the many weeds in your garden if you don't tend to it. That's chaos. Yeah, you threaten consequences to Assad for chemical weapons. You do nothing. You get ISIS. Right. You th you uh, talk about giving the um, free Syrian people uh, a method to overthrow Assad, and then you back out. You get ISIS. There's no. You don't follow through on your on your rules. You don't follow through on your structure. You get chaos, and that's that's what they like. They they seem to embrace it. It's a it's a culture of chaos. Even even the president himself seemed to lack structure when it comes to protecting the White House with the Secret Service. What did you get? You get chaos. They don't even lock the front door. They didn't lock, they, so, they lock so the we'll front say. door. So let me, let me go through the other things that I think ISIS is. It's ISIS is, like I said, the weeds in the garden that you don't tend to. Uh, ISIS is, is the bacteria or the virus, the, the cancer that spreads because you decide to ignore it. 
Right. The lump in your breast, the right. problem with your prostate, and I, you don't I, see your doctor yeah. for 10 years. ISIS is the fire that starts in your house because you let too many oily rags uh, sit there without giving attention to it, right? That's, that's, and you lose your house because of it. Good analogy. Yeah, that's, yes. that's what ISIS is. My friends, uh, I, I am worried about chaos, and one of the things that has made me a conservative is because of my belief in structure. And I think structure comes from God. God gave us structure. When you understand that wisdom, that God gave us the ability to separate, which in, in essence means to, to structure, that's when you actually gain wisdom. And that's when you embrace conservatism. That's when you embrace progress and civilization. But we, we're not getting that now. And I fear for our society but we can still fight back. Argue for structure. Do not embrace chaos. Be one of those who advocates for structure. This is Barack Lurie. This has been the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you real soon.